Man, we're grateful for that time of worship and praise. We're grateful for that time that we could lift our voices together in song. And my hope and prayer is that you are learning as we're going through this pandemic and even beyond that worship is not an event. Worship is a lifestyle. And so my hope and my prayer is that you are constantly feeding and nourishing your own spirit to continue to worship the Lord in everything that you do. And you do that by spending time in the Word every day. You do that by listening to gospel music, Christian music, inspirational music to help encourage you and inspire you in your everyday living. Difficulties are going to come. Challenging times are going to come. Don't be surprised when they come. The question is, are you prepared for them when they come? And are you adequately equipped to handle them so you can get past them? But we're grateful and thankful for our worship time today. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our word today. Father, we thank you and bless you for this day. And I pray now, God, that you'll bless your word as it goes forth, that it will inspire and encourage somebody, inform somebody, help somebody to not only identify where they are, but more importantly, help them to identify where you want them to be. And I pray, God, that they would receive the instruction that they need to move from where they are to where they need to be. We love you. We ask you to speak now as only you can. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, it's amazing when you are of an older age that young people tend to look at you and think you were never young like they were the first generation to ever be young and in some ways think arrogantly that they may be the last generation that will ever be young. Now, as I look back over my life and I remember my youthful days, I'll be honest with you, uh, I had some challenges with my, my parents, in particular my father, his strictness, and, and, and I couldn't wait to get out of the house. Now, I wasn't looking at running away because, you know, my mother cooked too good, right? And I was comfortable in that bed. But, but I was thinking to myself, well, as soon as I graduate from high school, I'm telling my mother, I'm going to California to go to college because I was, I was in New York. And so California was like the furthest place I could imagine to go to go to college, right? In my mind, that's, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to get far away from rules and regulations. But, but here's what's interesting about the generation that we're seeing now. Many in this generation are not thinking about how to get away or how to, uh, as it were, find their own path or develop their own lives. It's amazing to me to hear many young people blaming their parents for why they are the way they are. Uh, it, it's amazing to hear them uh, say things like, you know, if, if I had a better father or a better mother, or if my father were there, because I didn't have a father, right? And if my father were there, my life would have been different. And then there's some whose father was there, and they said, man, listen, I, I, I wish he was gone. My life would have been better. My, my life would have been uh, different. And, and they tend to look at their lives based on the presence or absence of people to determine whether or not they are pleased with where they are. Now, here's what's important for you and for me. While all of us can look back and criticize, we can critically analyze 
the parenting skills of our mothers and our fathers, our grandmothers and our grandfathers. And it's amazing, once you have children, you realize that none of them little jokers come with manuals. And they all have their own separate little ways of thinking and their own personalities and the like, right? It's amazing to me that while many people have blamed their parents for where they are, they have failed to look in the mirror and blame themselves for where they have decided to stay. In other words, whatever was done in the past is just that in the past. And now that you're grown and you're 21 and then some, the question is, when will you take responsibility? When will you stop blaming what you had or didn't have based on what somebody else gave you or didn't give you? When will you stop blaming that for where you currently are? When will you make a decision to make a change in your life so that your life will become better instead of staying bitter? Today, I want to conclude our series, Why Blessings Are Better Than a Birthright. Why Blessings Are Better Than a Birthright. Our, our foundational text today is Genesis 27. And, and what's interesting to me is that whether you realize it or not, when you complain about parents and what they did or didn't do or them being present or not being present or they gave you opportunities or didn't give you opportunities, you, you are really having a discussion around a birthright issue. That's what you're doing. You're, you're, you're literally talking about what somebody who was responsible for you being in the world, what they didn't give you, what they didn't provide, what they didn't do, how they didn't support you. And you, when you focus on that, literally push aside every opportunity that you have to move past that place of pain, that place of, a place of problem, and to embrace the person of God and his power to bless you despite what you did or didn't get from those who brought you in the world. Our text today and our final chapter in this series looks at the life of Esau. Over the last two weeks, we've looked at Esau and his, his relationship with Jacob and his relationship with Isaac, his father, and Rebekah, his mother. You will recall that uh, Esau and Jacob were twins. Esau was the firstborn. Uh, Jacob was grabbing at his heel on his way out of his mother's womb, trying to pull him back in so he could be first. Esau was entitled to the birthright, but willingly gave up his birthright for a bowl of stew. But the Bible says Esau was, was counting on that blessing from his father Isaac. You see, that birthright had tied to it uh, some privileges but a lot of responsibility. And Esau understood that the blessing was far more valuable than the birthright. And let me just say this to somebody right now. God's possible potential and present blessings in your life are far more valuable than whatever birthright you did or didn't get from your parents or your grandparents or your ancestors. God is able to do 
what no other power can do. As a matter of fact, you are where you are right now, I am sure, because of the blessings of God on your life. And God said, I can do even greater things if you would recognize that blessings are better than a birthright. First thing I shared with you in week one was that you need to realize a birthright is tied to your place in your natural family while blessings are tied to the favor of God upon your life. Birthright is tied to your place in your natural family. If you didn't have much of a family, then you wouldn't have much of a birthright. If your parents had nothing, then based on your birthright, you would have nothing. If you grew up in a kind of caste system where your parents were poor, then you were locked into poverty yourself. You could not move into other areas of life. But God's favor is greater than a birthright. God's favor is greater than a birthright. Last week, I shared with you in part two that you need to realize blessings are based upon the power of God rather than the choices of people. Blessings are based upon the power of God rather than the choices of people. Uh, What's interesting about the birthright is while the firstborn son was the one who would normally, by tradition, receive the birthright, that birthright could be taken by the father, could be given to another child, and or that birthright could literally be given away by the person who would naturally receive the birthright which explains how Esau was able to give his birthright to Jacob for a bowl of stew. Here's what people need to understand and what I want you to know. The power of God can bless you regardless of what people say or do. Some people will choose to not bless you. And in them choosing not to bless you and them choosing to hate you, God can turn around and make what was meant for evil turn out for your good. Joseph can testify to that. When his brothers threw him in the pit, sold him into slavery, lied and told their father, uh, Jacob, that Joseph, his favorite, was dead. Years later, they end up in a famine and have to go to Egypt, and who do they find on the throne able to intercede on their behalf but Joseph? The favor of God blessed them, even though people chose, his family members chose to do him wrong. Here's part three of our series, Why Blessings Are Better Than a Birthright. And here's the point for today. You need to realize that while a birthright is limited to only what can be given to you by a person, blessings are given by God who can bless you over and over again. You need to realize while a birthright is limited to only what can be given to you by a person, and it's a one-time gift, blessings given by God, can bless you over and over again. Look at verse 36, Genesis 27. Esau exclaimed, No wonder his name is Jacob, for now he has cheated me twice. First he took my rights as the firstborn. 
and now he has stolen my blessing. Oh, haven't you saved even one blessing for me? Isaac said to Esau, I have made Jacob your master and have declared that all his brothers will be his servants. I have guaranteed him an abundance of grain and wine. What is left for me to give you, my son? Esau pleaded, verse 38, but do you have only one blessing? Oh, my father, bless me too. Then Esau broke down and wept. The birthright that would be given was a one-shot deal. For example, if the person who got the birthright would receive twice the inheritance of the other children, that twice the inheritance would be given when the person died and it was one time. Whatever they received, it was received one time. But a blessing could go on in perpetuity. Blessings could come from a variety of places in a variety of ways. Esau came and asked his father if he had any other blessings. Was there anything left? And Isaac says to him, what is left for me to give you, my son? Like everything I could think of, I have given to your brother Jacob thinking it was you. Listen to me carefully. While Isaac was limited in the number of blessings he could give, Esau didn't realize God was unlimited in the blessings he could give. Let me say it again because somebody missed it. Isaac was limited in how he could bless. Esau failed to realize that while Isaac was limited and couldn't think of any other blessing to give to him of substance, that God was unlimited in how he could bless him. As a matter of fact, let, let me stop right here, put a cord in the meat and start, stop here for somebody. Thank you, Lord. The suggestion is that Jacob was blessed at the expense of Esau. Jacob received blessings that Esau should have gotten, and if Jacob got them, Esau couldn't be blessed. Let me help somebody, because sometimes we make the mistake of thinking if somebody else is blessed, then we can't be blessed. Or if they got a blessing that we wanted, that somehow God is so limited that he can't bless us in the same way or even greater way when we see somebody else blessed. That's the root of jealousy. That's the root of the sin of envy. That's the root of the sin of coveting. That's the root of the sin of selfishness, because we think God runs out of blessings. You think because God has blessed somebody else, he can't bless you. Or if God has blessed somebody else sooner than he's blessed you, then there must be something wrong with God. And watch what we end up doing. We end up hating the person who was blessed instead of seeking harder and going after and seeking the God who is the blesser. Somebody, that's your word right there. That's your word right there. Stop hating people around you who are blessed and start pursuing the one who does the blessing. Start pursuing God. 
Start going after God. Because there is no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, God can do the same thing or even greater for you. Stop with the pity parties. Stop with the lamenting. Stop with the sorrow and start seeking God. Esau failed to realize that blessings can overshadow a birthright even when you think your blessings have been given to somebody else. What God can do, he can override even the birthright and bless you in ways that you could not ask, think, or imagine. Look at James chapter 1, beginning at verse 16. My dear brothers and sisters, don't be fooled about this. Everything good comes from God. Every perfect gift is from him. These good gifts come down from the Father who made all the lights in the sky. But God never changes like the shadows from those lights. He is always the same. Psalm 85, verse 12. Yes, the Lord will give what is good and our land will yield its increase. Don't get upset. Don't get envious when someone else is blessed. Unlike Isaac, God has enough blessings for everyone. Unlike Isaac, God does not run out of ways to bless you and bless me. God can bless you and me at the same time out of the same pot and the pot never go empty. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. For what gives you the right to make such a judgment? What do you have that God hasn't given you? And if everything you have is from God, why boast as though it were not a gift? Everything you have has come from God, however God has chosen to provide it, it has come from God. Let, let, me, let me close out by just sharing with you uh, uh, four little simple things that I want you to get. First, your blessings from God are not limited to certain people. Let me help somebody right there. Your blessings from God are not limited to certain people. Stop blaming your mama. Stop blaming your daddy. Stop blaming your coach. Stop blaming your boss. Stop blaming your coworker. Why you haven't been blessed by God. You haven't been blessed by God because God hasn't blessed you. Now, ask the question, why hasn't God blessed you? And I promise you, you will discover that the problem is not with God. The problem is with you. Anyone can receive blessings from God. Blessings from God are not limited to the firstborn or the oldest. Blessings from God are not limited to only sons and not to daughters. Uh, blessings from God are available for, for every man, every woman, every boy, every girl. But here's the second thing. Your blessings from God are not limited to certain people's possessions. In other words, your blessings are not limited to what somebody else had before you. 
They're not limited to what you can inherit from a, a mother or a father or a, a, a relative distant or near. They're, they're not limited to what can be written on a will or what a court can give you in, after a probate process. Your blessings are not limited to what somebody else had. There's somebody who's watching right now. Listen, you, you can shout right there because watch this. You are already living better than those who live before you. you. You already are living better. You already have more stuff than your mama and your daddy had, than your grandparents had. You are already doing better. But here's the question. While you're doing better financially, are you living better? And are you being better? See, the truth of the matter is, my brothers and sisters, you've got to recognize and learn that your blessings from God are not dependent on who came in front of you. Stop looking behind you talking about, I didn't have much, and I didn't get much, and nobody gave me anything, and they didn't give me a, I didn't get a break. And, 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 and this, this person, that was my, my mom and daddy's favorite child. And this person was the, the, the boss's favorite. And this person was the coach's. No, what you going to do to be God's favorite? Because that's the foundation of favor. Favor. What, what are you going to do to endear yourself so that you are a recipient, a regular recipient of the favor of God? Here's the third thing. Your blessings from God are not limited to a certain place. They're not limited to a certain place. E Esau learned that later on when he left and, and took his two Hittite wives and, and went off and, 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 and left angry at Jacob. You'll recall the story later on. Uh, Esau hears about Jacob, and, and he's on his way to Jacob. And, and Jacob is petrified. Jacob is scared. Because Jacob believes that Esau is coming in anger to take vengeance upon him for robbing him of his blessings. And Esau comes with nothing but love. Because in life, Esau learned that God's blessings were not limited to only Isaac's prayers. Listen to me carefully. God can bless you any place. He can bless you where you are. He can bless you where you're going. He can bless you where you've been. God, don't limit God to blessing you at a certain place. He can bless you anywhere. Here's the fourth thing. Your blessings from God cannot be kept from you by anything or anybody. Your blessings from God cannot be kept from you by anything or anybody. Now, you could have shouted all, all, all right around those bases. Because here's what I need somebody to understand. If you think somebody else is robbing you of your blessings, then I submit to you, you have given them the power to rob you. You have given them the keys to your own kingdom. You have failed to understand that because your relationship with God is a personal relationship, that when somebody takes you there, 
You don't go there without your permission and your participation. And just because somebody invites you to go to foolish places doesn't mean you have to go. Nobody can keep you from being blessed by God. Not without your permission. Not without your participation. When I look back over my life, I, I, I'm, I'm honest with myself, and let me be honest with you. I know I am where I am right now, not because of a birthright, not because of what I inherited. I, I am where I am, not because of what I've done. I am where I am because I've been blessed by God. No question in my mind, no, no, no question in my heart, the evidence is overwhelmingly clear that it's the blessings of God, not, not because I've been so smart, not because I've been so good, certainly not because I've been perfect, been a saint all of my life. No, it's because of the blessings of God. That's why when Paul says in Ephesians 3, 20 and 21, now to him who is able, to do far more, the ESV says, far more abundantly than all that we can ask or think. According to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. My family didn't have much. But because I serve a God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, I've been able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all I could ask or think. I am blessed because he's the God of possibilities who is able to take little and with little make much. I am blessed. My mother and father loved them both dearly, but they didn't have a whole lot to give me. But they gave me everything I had. And I'm grateful because God took what they gave me and multiplied it, and I am blessed. My daddy grew up behind a mule in Alabama. Taught me the difference between G and Ha talked about picking cotton and the sacrifices that he made, but he did that and I didn't have to do it because I am blessed to stand on his shoulders. I grew up part of my life in the projects of New York City. Alphabet City, they called it. It was a dangerous place, a lot of mugging, a lot of robbing, a lot of killing, but God kept me because I am blessed. Friends, who went to jail, friends who were killed, friends who were murdered, friends who are locked up even right now, are a testimony that you could get in all kinds of things where we grew up. But for some reason, God put his hands on me and kept me from dangers seen and unseen. I understand what it feels like to eat government cheese and government butter and 
and, and rice and peanut butter that you couldn't spread on the bread. But I thank God because that experience helps me to recognize that even right now, I am blessed. First person in my family to get a college degree. Now I have three children who have graduated with degrees. I tell you, I am blessed. First person in my family to go to graduate school. First person in my family to earn a doctoral degree. I am blessed. Now God has blessed me to pastor a great church and to lead a great people and to preach the gospel all over the world. Not because I'm so good, so righteous, but because I am blessed. Winning souls, building schools, changing lives around the world. Not because of a birthright, but because I am blessed. But I got good news for you. It doesn't stop there. Because there is no secret what the Lord can do. What he's done for me and for others, he can do the same thing for you. Here's all I'm saying. If you think back over your life, if you look in the backyard of your life and see how far the Lord has brought you, you can tell your own story and realize you made it where you are. Not because you had a birthright, but because God chose to bless you. Natural advantages can't compare to supernatural anointing. Birthrights are limited, but the blessings of God are unlimited. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter how far you've had to travel. When God is for you, he's more than the world against you. Yes! Yes! Y'all excuse me. I know y'all, I know somebody saying it'll take all of that. But when I think of the blessings of God on my life, when I think about what God has done, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out hallelujah. I thank God. I thank God. I thank God for saving me, for keeping me, for healing me, for blessing me, for making a way for me, for loving me, for lifting me, for keeping me. Yes! Yes! Feel like that old song said, any way you bless me. Any way you bless me, Lord. Any way you bless me, I'll be satisfied. And can I tell you something marvelous about when God blesses you? He, he doesn't bless you and limit blessings to what you want. He blesses you with what you need. And sometimes you don't find out until later on that what you really needed was what God blessed you with. And then you discover down the road 
that you really wanted what you needed. You just didn't know you needed it to want it at the time that it came. But thanks be to God that birthrights don't overshadow the power of a blessing. I was, I was sitting on vacation with my wife. We were in Mexico, and we just had a moment where we just kind of chuckled and laughed. I remember when I was a kid, my grandmother loved to watch Let's Make a Deal. Monty Hall was the host, and whenever they were giving out prizes, man, those places seemed so far away. I didn't even know where they were. They just sounded so grand. They just sounded so amazing. You know, the, the announcer, Jay, would say, you've won an all-expense-paid trip for two to Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. And I'd be like, man, I hope one day I can go to Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. You know, Cabo San Lucas. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know. Go to the British Virgin Islands. Uh, you know, I mean, just that's announcing these places. And they sounded so grand, so grand for a kid that grew up most of his life in the projects of New York City. I remember when they built the first swimming pool in our neighborhood. Before then, the only way you could cool off in the summer was go out and play in the Johnny Pump. And, and, and I'm sitting there with my wife in Cabo San Lucas, and, and we started counting the places that we had been and, and the continents that I had been to and seen and, and, and the sights and and I was like, my God, I'm, I've, I've gone to all those places not because of a birthright. I've been to those places because of the blessings of God on my life. And I'm going to say it again. There's no secret what God can do, y'all. What he's done for others, what he's done for me, he can do the same thing for you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. I thank you, God, for your word. I thank you, God, for reminding us afresh and anew. Not only how blessed we are, but how blessed we can be. Now, God, I pray that your word has found fertile ground in the hearts and minds of your people. I pray that somebody who has been discouraged would leave this message encouraged. I pray, God, that you would change somebody's perspective right now. That they would see the potential, the possibilities in your power activating blessings in their lives. That even if they started off on the wrong side of the track, your blessings can get them on the right side of the track. And, God, your power is so great, even if you don't change the side of the track they're on, you can bless them right there where they are. We thank you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, wherever you are, give the Lord a hand of praise if you will. Just thank God today for his blessings in your life. And thank God for the possible blessings that are just waiting for you to activate just waiting for you to activate. Your name is on it. You just got to go claim it. You just got to activate it. Put down 
your birthright issues and claim the blessings that God has in front of you. Now, if you've never asked the Lord Jesus Christ into your life, I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to the Lord. If you're watching right now, wherever you are, if you're on your smartphone device, you can literally tap on the QR code. If you see the QR code on the screen, you can use your phone, go to the camera in your phone, the photo, and take a picture and it literally will link you. And there are four options there, but let me walk you through them right now. You can register for our service. We'd love to know that you were with us. You can come to know the Lord in, as your personal Savior, and I'll walk you through via video how to ask Jesus Christ into your life, how to be a Christian, how to be saved. Not perfect, but saved. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved secure in your relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. If you're looking for a church home and you want to become part of our church family, I'm grateful to God. We had two people decide to unite with our church on last week, and we're grateful to God for that on the digital platform. Listen, if you're watching right now and you want to become part of our church and you may not be able to get to us right now, maybe you're in the Houston metropolitan area, but even if you're not, we want to help facilitate your discipleship on the digital platform. And we're working hard, man. Our team is working hard to put together everything that you need to help you become the Christ follower that you want to become and God wants you to be. So if you want to unite with our church, please click that button and let us know. And we'll get with you and let you know the next steps to asking the Lord into your life. Now, if you'd like to worship the Lord in giving and partner with us in the kingdom building work here at Good Hope, um, there are six ways that you can worship the Lord in giving on the digital platform. And the Bible says that where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. And if you've been blessed by this ministry, if this ministry has encouraged you, if this ministry has been feeding you, then we would love for you to partner with us. Um, man, our, our ministry is doing some tremendous things, uh, not just locally, but nationally and internationally. Um, we're, we're feeding people, we're clothing people locally, nationally, and internationally. Uh, we just sent our second full-time missionary out on the field. The Sloans are in Uganda. Um, they just completed their first two weeks of language school. They have 16 more weeks to go. Uh, they are learning Swahili, and man, it's just exciting to see what God is doing in their lives and through them as they encourage pastors and church leaders and, and, and children of God in the country of Uganda. Uh, we're supporting church planters. Uh, we're supporting uh, indigenous church planters in northern Ghana. And, and God is using our ministry to touch so many lives in such a powerful way. We're touching young people right here in the Houston metropolitan area, not just through our ministry, our children, children's ministry, our youth ministry, and our young adult ministry, but we're, we're touching people through our nonprofit, Project Hope, is a ministry that is helping young people get back on track who have gotten off track, helping them to realize that the system is not broke. It is functioning just as it is intended to function when they end up failing school. So how can we help them to build their intellectual capacity and their academic stamina so they can 
get on the path that God wants them to be. We have to help our children know that there's genius inside of them, that they are kings and queens in an embryonic form. And we want to help them to be given birth to, to walk in who God has created them to be. So we're grateful for that. Oh man, I got to tell you, boy, we're, we're so excited. We're excited not just to be back in person. We're excited to be with you on the digital platform. But what really has us excited this year is our sesquicentennial celebration, our 150th church anniversary. 150 years, the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church has been serving the Houston metropolitan area. I'm the sixth pastor in 150 years, and I'm so excited about being part of this legacy, this institution that has changed people's lives locally, nationally, and internationally. And God is doing a great work in us. Man, we would love for you to be part of the celebration. But we've got other activities and events that are going on, and we're going to celebrate it all year. Now, listen, you may only celebrate your birthday one day. But if you get to be 150 years old, you can celebrate it all year too. We're going to celebrate all year long. Make sure we celebrate our children, our youth, our young adults, our adults, our seniors, our super seniors. We've been blessed to be a multi-generational church. We have families who have had members in this church five and six generations. And we're thankful for that history and for that legacy. So make sure you keep your eyes and ears open. Register so you can get information. Uh, we're doing a big souvenir book. If you'd like to congratulate us, and be part of that souvenir book. Be part of the history-making moment for our 150th anniversary. We would love for you to be part of it as well. You can find that information at our website at goodhope.org, goodhope.org, all right? Life groups, we're re-energizing, we're coming back. Um, our, our ministries are, are re-gearing up and coming back, and we want to focus on those things that are essential, worship, work, and witnessing. Those three things we want to make sure we do them, that we're worshiping, that we're working, and that we're witnessing and we're sharing our faith to the Lord. Those are the things we want to emphasize. And our life groups, living in fellowship every day, is one of the ways that we can do that. It is one of our primary discipleship tools, although we have others, including Sunday school classes and other things that you can register for. You can find all of that information on our website. Last but not least, remember, God is doing something wonderful in you. God is doing something wonderful in me. Let God have his way. And remember, no matter where you are because of your birthright, the blessings of God can get you where he wants you to be. God bless you and God keep you. See you next week if the Lord says the same.